This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, it's been almost 700 days, yes, 700 days since the All Whites were last in action, but that ends on Sunday morning at 5 o'clock at New Zealand time when they take on Curacao in Bahrain, and then a couple of la- days later they take on Bahrain as well. Uh, so that's uh, excellent news for them, I'm sure. It will please uh, Fred de Jong, a former All White, of course, uh, who joins us now, and uh, often we hear him in commentary uh, with our football, but it hasn't been for a while. Fred, good morning to you. Uh, this is uh, really pleasing, uh, I guess, uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, you'll be an interested, an interested dad as well, but uh, how good is this to, to see them back? Oh, finally. It's been a long, long time. Uh, as you say, almost almost two years, you know, November 2019, which obviously you know, COVID's just decimated the calendar for the All-Whites, and for a long time it was... Um, it was pretty tough right around the world for teams to travel and play in that. And so, yeah, fantastic that this is basically the start of the World Cup qualification for the All-Whites. And, you know, they'll have these games, then uh, games in the November window and leading into uh, probably a tournament in the Middle East. So this is good preparation for that. In March, they'll take on the Oceania teams to try and qualify for the World Cup. Fred, we saw a glimpse of some of these players anyway, I suppose, um, in the recent Olympics. So um, some of them will know each other pretty well. Yeah, and there's 11, 11 from that uh, Tokyo side in the squad. So, yeah, this is a continuation of their development. That was obviously a, an age group tournament. Under, it ended up being because the Olympics were delayed an under-24 tournament um, with a few overage players. So... Yeah, there's, there's good continuity from the Tokyo campaign through into uh, these games. And it'll be, that's, that's probably the interesting thing from a development perspective with the squad. How many of those players are now going to kick on and become established always? And uh, for them, this is a really good opportunity um, to cement their place, especially given some of the players. Um, well, there's no players from New Zealand, no players from Australia. Mm. So no, no Phoenix players, none of the A-League players from Australia as well. So this is a good chance for sort of fringe European players to get into the squad and have a, have a shake. So uh, Daniel Hayes uh, had to pick from 16, I say 16 different leagues around the world. So <laughs> on that basis, uh, he's picking a little bit on reputation, um, on, on contact with other people and picking blind to a certain extent, isn't he? Yeah, he is a bit. Um, but I mean, he's he's it's, it's interesting. He he's had contact with a lot of these players through their careers, so has a probably has a, a pretty decent understanding. You know, when you think 
Callum McCowan and Eli, Eli Just were, you know, came out of Eastern Suburbs, Andre De Jong as well, um, you know, uh, Calvin all all come out of Eastern Suburbs. So he, he's, he's coached those players previously. He's had you know, contact with a lot of the players through, as I say, through the Tokyo campaign. But, yeah, hasn't, wouldn't have seen um, a, a number of them play. Um, and yeah, so that'll be you know, it's sort of a step into the unknown in that regard as well. Who have to be the leaders here as they bring this together? Because uh, opportunity to build uh, for this particular venture uh, is very, it's very quick um, and, and very, you know, very limited in that respect. So, who are you looking at here? Your Tommy Smiths, your Chris Woods as your leaders? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Chris Wood, you know, because that's where all the goals are. Um, you look across the squad; there's, there's not many goals in, in the squad. You know, but Chris Wood, he's good. Twenty-four. He's getting close to Vaughan Coveney as an all-time leading goal scorer for New Zealand. Um, so, you know, 24 goals in 57 games. You know, he's a he's an out-and-out top goal scorer, um, and so he's your he's your number one guy. Um, uh, Michael Boxall, I think, at the back is probably um, the, the the person you with the most experience back there, given that um, Winston Reed's not there. Um, so, yeah, and then um, Sapreet Singh, young, but you know, played played at very very high level. You'd expect. Um, him to sort of take take a lead role in the, in the way the team goes, and also Joe Bell, I think also another young guy, but with a really good football brain, and um, he'll be a guy over the, over the coming years that um, I think all whites will rely quite heavily on. Fred, you plied your trade around the world, uh, you, you know, in, in your beloved Netherlands, of course, and uh, Australia uh, around the world with <coughs> with the all whites as well. I, I just wanted. Fill us in a wee bit about uh, about Andre because this is a an exciting time for him. But he's coming where out of Africa? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's been playing in South Africa, so he's having his, his third year there. Um, yeah, it's different. It's different. It's um, and it's uh, it's a tough profession. You know, it's um, you got to show a lot of resilience because you know when when you think he was flying at the start, um, went away with the all white. This is a couple of years ago um, in Africa when he first went over there um, and then went off with the last time the All-Whites got together um, in those games against Northern Ireland and Lithuania in November in 2019. Um, and he played the second game against Lithuania, broke his foot in the first minute, um, <laughs> broke a, a bone in his foot, played the rest of the game and then, uh, um, yeah, and then he was out for, what was it, six months or so with a broken metatarsal. So, um yeah, uh, and then you know, went back to his club. They were a bit annoyed, but uh, so be it. That's football. Um, and then, and then last year he, um, he was out for a, a whole part of the middle season with uh, with a knee injury. So had an operation over there, and then came back. They got a new coach, Benny McCarthy, who's a legend in, in South African football. The team ended up second last year, and um, you know pushing really hard to get in the squad. Got COVID um, in pre-season, so you know. Um, and now he's battling back to, to get back in the squad again. So it's like, um, yeah, it's a, it's a very up and down thing, but fascinating place to play football um, where you've got, you know, you still have things like uh, like a witch doctor coming in and throws water on the players before every game, you know, to, to, to <laughs> take away the negative vibes and, and the curses and that. So you've got these sort of things and, um, and, and, and that all, all sort of adds to the experience. 
Well, Fred, what do we know about uh, Curacao? I know, I know there's an, a familiar Phoenix name in there, and, and the coach is probably the most high-profile person of the lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Patrick Clover, you know, legend in, uh, in Dutch football. Um, you know, and Curacao is a, you know, the, the old, it used to be called the Netherlands Antilles, Dutch Antilles, at, you know, top, of, top of South America, very small country, 150,000 people, probably twice the size of Great Barrier Island here in New Zealand. Um, so, you know, very small, but given the link with, with Holland, um, you, can, you can be born in Curaçao and play for Holland. So a lot of their players ply their trade in Holland. Um, Roly Bonavasia, ex-Phoenix player, is the most well-known player in the side from a New Zealand perspective. Um, but they have, you know, they also have a, a, a whole bunch of players playing in a whole bunch of different leagues. And um, you know, the, the, probably the most high-profile players are the Bakuna brothers. Um, one plays for Rangers, um, and the other one plays for Cardiff City. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a very it's it's quite similar to New Zealand. A lot of players from a lot of different mm-hmm. leagues all coming together, um, and 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 for the for these friendlies, I think you know they got well beaten um, against Bahrain a couple of days ago, four nil. But it was like one nil right up until the last five or six minutes, and then uh, Bahrain scored three goals at the death when when Curacao were trying to push for a for an equaliser. So. Um, yeah, they're, they're, technically they'll be decent. Um, it's very hot in, in Bahrain at the moment, 36 degrees. It's going to be a very hot, probably that'll, um, that'll slow the game down a lot. And it'll be interesting to see how Danny Hay approaches it, whether he, you know, given, given the result that Curacao just had, is he going to press them high up the park in that sort of heat? Um, is he going to be brave enough to do that? Or are they going to take more, uh, probably a more measured approach? To the game, so tactically it'll be interesting to see, yeah, the approach that Danny takes. And three days later, of course, they take on Bahrain uh, at home in those conditions, uh, bouncing off that four-nil win over Curacao. So, uh, are we to read into that that Bahrain is the stronger of the two, uh, quite comfortably? Um, it, you know, well, it defies the rankings. Um, if you mm. think like Curacao ranked seventy-nine, Bahrain ninety-one, so. Probably the teams are on a par. I think um, I watched the goals of the game. Um, the Curacao goalkeeper, not his best work, um, especially for the first goal, just went straight through his legs. Um, and so, yeah, I think probably the score flattered Bahrain. Um, and I think, uh, I, I think probably but when you look at on the, on the balance of the, the, the parts of the game that I saw, um, Bahrain probably controlled the ball better. Um, and were way more effective um, in front of goal. So uh, probably Bahrain more dangerous. Um, Curacao, you know, uh, technically okay, but play a very risky brand of football, try and play out from the back um, under high pressure, and they got picked off a couple of times, and that sort of blew the score out. Okay, Fred, well, uh, thanks for that update. Um, you filled me in on a lot of the details. I'm certainly looking forward to it. I think all football fans are as well. Um, you'll be looking on as a, as a pundit, I suppose, and, and uh, a proud dad. I hope uh, it goes well and he stays uh, injury-free injury free and uh, can get some benefit out of it as well. So uh, thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Yeah, Fred De Jong there, folks. Um, very, very knowledgeable on the football. And uh, just like Sir John Kerwin, actually, whose son Nico is on the side, 
uh, they'll be watching on uh, with uh, a lot of interest, a lot of interest, a lot of pride as well. So uh, we look forward to the All Whites back on show.